Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Welcome back to Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us again this evening. Got a returning guest to the show tonight, the other pea on the pod, if you will, Doug from Good Times, Great <laughs> Movies. I'm going to call you Doug. You don't want me to do Douglas, do you? That's too no, formal. No, don't do Douglas. That, that's insanely <laughs> formal. There is no reason to do that. <laughs> Doug, you're back, man. How are you? How you been? I'm great, and I'm, I'm excited to be back. Thanks for uh, reaching out. Thanks for having me back again to talk about an actor. <laughs> I know. What did we... We did Nicolas Cage. It was Nick Cage, yeah. Yeah, man, that was a great episode, yeah. dude. Yeah. So, tell everyone who the... Yeah, you do this when you come back, because you pitched this to me, and I think you pitched that one to me as well. I did. You, you like... Sure, narr- you I'm like, not sure why I'm doing this. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's okay, because truth be told, whether it's movies or whether it's music, I've mentioned this a few times in the past, but there's only a handful. It's not a lot yeah. where it's like devoted to one particular artist, if you will, Yeah. but that's what's happening tonight. So who are we talking about this evening? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, someone people may have heard of, Robert Downey Jr., RDJ, I'm I'm sure I'll refer to him as RDJ throughout the podcast. So just so everyone knows who I'm talking about, that's it. And like you said, I mean, honestly, I think you're you're far smarter than I am because I went back through, you know, your podcast and, and all of your episodes. I'm like, these are such smart ideas. I got nothing. All I'm doing is throwing actors at you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I, I love RDJ. I love Nick Cage. So, you know, so far you're doing great things over there, man. I really great. appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, but, both of these actors, and I don't know how you feel about this in general. I feel like I sort of grew up. I think you and I are roughly mm-hmm. the same age. I feel like I grew up with these actors. I mean, there's other people, Jamie Lee Curtis, Harrison Ford, that have been around for a long time. But yeah. I haven't paid attention to Ford's work in 10, 15 years. Right, and right. Jamie Lee Curtis, nothing she was doing when I was a kid really connected with me the way that that what this particular actor has done throughout my lifetime. So Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, again, thank you for pitching it to me. Sure. Now, you know, you're the guest. You came up with the topic. So I love him, right? You pitched mm-hmm. it to me and I was like, oh, RDJ, man, absolutely. Like, let's do it. I would say it. I think it's fair to say that the last like 10 to 12 years, he has been just MCU. I mean, right. I mean, his career has been MCU. There's been other stuff in there, but I doubt any of that other stuff would would be eligible for either of our lists this evening. Right. Why did, where did RDJ come from? Because obviously there's a million actors, yeah. right? So you could have pitched yeah. anybody to me. Uh, sure. Where did this come from, man? Why did you want to do this tonight? I'm just curious. I, he, he's just, first of all, I I mean, to be honest, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, he just, he Fair popped enough. into my mind. He, he's very iconic. Right. But like you said, he's also an actor that I don't 
quite understand. I mean, you and I both saw him crash and burn in the late 90s and mm-hmm, go to jail. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of saw this redemption and this this rise to now such a massive star. And again, as you sort of mentioned, I'm perplexed by what he's doing now. I mean, I think once, once Avengers really came together, mm-hmm. I think he's basically only taken time off from that to do The Judge and Doolittle. Like, it is mind-boggling that someone of this talent would do these things. You know, would take time off and be like, well, this is what I'm going to do a movie with talking animals. Now, to be fair, I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but terrible things about it. Yeah, same here, same here, yeah. But Uh, I just, I thought that he would be someone who would take these, you know, maybe, I don't want to say smaller roles, but smaller films and just really mm -hmm. stretch his legs and, and allow himself to not just be a costume superhero. So while I love him, yes, I, I'm so fascinated to see where he goes now. And honestly, if you look at IMDb, it's like another Sherlock Holmes movie. And that's pretty much all he's got lined up. Yeah. You know, with RDJ, though, to your point, I mean, he is a bit of a prolific actor. Like he mm-hmm. really he really can do everything because he's done some, you know, I don't want to give away any titles, as you know, sure. Doug, up no. top. But I mean, he's done some comedy. He's done some serious roles. Obviously, we know him yeah. in the heroic uh, Iron Man role. So, I mean, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. And then I didn't see Doolittle either, but I mean, if you even want to throw that into the mix, now he's doing like kid family movies. Yeah. So he's really all over the place in that yeah. way. I, I don't want him to, to go down that Eddie Murphy road. I, I don't want to see these family friendly Disney nonsense movies. No offense to whatever, you know. Sure. But, sure. but I, ju- I just don't want to see that because, and, and not to spoil my list, from the time he got out of jail in what was it, 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. Until he was Iron Man, he mm-hmm. turned out some of the best work he ever did. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. I agree. Yeah. I didn't uh, check in on Letterboxd because we we follow each other. Right. But I, but I was watching one of those just now. Uh, oh, okay. Getting, getting a little reacclimated with a movie I hadn't seen in many years that I love. And Very it, cool. It, no, it, did, I, it did end up making my list. So. I, I am excited because his, his body of work is so varied. I mean, what he was doing in the early 80s is nothing like he was doing in the mid-90s, which is nothing like he's doing now. So it it's it's a wild ride and i think that he like a lot of everyone knows who he is i don't care if it's a if you're talking to a 22 year old or a 57 year old but they will connect with him in very very different films yeah there's a couple movies that rdj was in in the 80s when i was young Mm -hmm. that i love those movies so so much and i just automatically almost like i'm thankful to him for being in them even though he didn't like create the films you know what i mean (laughs) but i just connect him to those projects Projects. Yes. Uh, and I just have such fond memories of those movies in particular. And both of those that I'm talking about are in my top five. And it's funny because he has a very small role in both of them. And a lot of people yeah. I'm like, and I don't want to give away the titles right now, but I'm yeah. like, did you know he was in that? They're like, what? No. Oh, no. And they'll go back and be like, oh my God, he is in that. You know? Uh, hey, I know exactly what movies you're talking about, of course. So, yeah, man. No. So we'll, we'll get into it then. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you what, Doug, we're going to take a quick promo break. I got to do a little mid-roll promo here. And then sure. when we come back. We're going to jump in and we're going to talk about our favorite. You think we're going to have a lot of crossover, Doug? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think for Nick Cage, we had two in the top five. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm thinking two. I'm going to say two. That's my, that's my prediction. All right. Well, we'll see how we do there. We'll be back on the other side of this break and we will get into our Robert Downey Jr. film. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? 
As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, everyone. Welcome back, Doug. Welcome back. Here we are. RDJ Robert Downey Jr. Uh, really rose to prominence in the 80s, and he's still making movies today. He's billions of dollars <laughs> in the account, I'm sure. He, he doesn't need us talking about his films, but we're going to. So we do a top five show. We count them down, and I'm going to let you get us started, Doug. What is your number five RDJ film, buddy? I think before I'm even going to start here, I want to talk about some rules that I tended mm. to follow with. Okay, this. sure. Yeah, please. Um, I know we, we went back and forth, and we kind of decided, listen, this is RDJ films, not necessarily performances. These are films that he is in that we love. Mm-hmm. My number five may be breaking this rule slightly, because it's oh, not a movie okay. that I love. It's a movie that I like. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is, if he wasn't in this, I don't think I'd like this movie at all. Wow, you're such a rebel, Doug. You're breaking the rules right out of the gate. <laughs> it's the only one that broke this rule. And it's 1987's Less Than Zero. Okay, all right. And and it really is just all about his performance. And if people don't know what the movie's about, it's basically a college freshman comes home and he, you know, a lot of other stuff happens, but he basically finds out that his really good friend is now a drug addict. Yeah. And that's Robert Downey Jr.'s role and he plays it hitch perfect. I mean, it's it's such a sad movie. And if mm-hmm. he wasn't in it, it, it wouldn't work at all. Yeah, you know, and also, Doug, to your point, I mean, Less Than Zero was his first, like, really kind of prominent role too where he was kind of in the front seat right in the 80s and this is coming up on my list it's coming up a little bit higher for me mm-hmm. oh okay so i'll be talking about it here in a few minutes but i do love this movie and you're right it really is 90 percent his performance <laughs> yeah it, it is and, and it's not that i don't Andrew McCarthy's fine and they have Jamie Gertz in there, but sadly Jamie Gertz is just there to look pretty. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, I mean, right. I don't want to say that's what Jamie Gertz was in the eighties. and I feel bad for saying that about her, but that's kind of who she is. And other sure. than James Spader, no one else is really standing out, but he, he's great. It's, it's a super, I hate to call it a fun movie because it's very depressing. No. Yeah. It's a dark, dark film. Yes. Yeah. But I love it. Great soundtrack too. One of yeah. my favorite oh. 80 soundtracks for sure. sure. Bangles. Yeah. Give me some bangles. Thank day of the week <laughs> hell yes yeah. so lesson zero is is a great pick it's coming up on my list here in a few minutes but to start okay. me off at number five is one of the 80s films that i was talking about that it, i just thought was so silly so stupid and i still watch it to this day <laughs> and we're talking 35 years later almost but it is a rodney danger film helmed film called back to school <laughs> from 1986 you've seen this yeah Doug? i love back to school yes Holy shit, me too, brother. I've mentioned it on the show a couple times in the past. We did college campus movies. Sure. It was on my list. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rodney Dangerfield's a comedian that I love too from a stand-up perspective. But Robert Downey Jr. just got a really small part in this. He plays Derek Lutz. He's this uh, kind of punk rock kind of nerd. Rodney Dangerfield plays Thornton Mellon. And his son is portrayed by the great Keith Gordon from Christine. Yes. Oh, yeah. And William Zabka from The Karate Kid and now on Cobra Kai is in this movie as kind of like the kind of the bully jock dude or whatever. But Robert Downey Jr. plays Derek Lutz, who is 
Keith Gordon's best friend and roommate on campus. And he, you know, he is kind of like this political activist. So he does all this weird shit to just really rile people <laughs> up on campus. He's only, he's literally only in like maybe two or three scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. But he's so memorable and he has, you know, the different color hair, spiked up mohawk. And it's early Robert Downey Jr. And mm-hmm. there's one on my list that's earlier than this, but I just love, I don't know, there's something about like seeing RDJ in that pre- era what we were talking about in the 90s yep when it all kind of fell apart for him and he kind of got the fame got the best of him so to speak it's just really cool and nostalgic to revisit some of these roles that occurred before that when he was still trying to make it and taking kind of these crap roles you know what i mean oh yeah and this is one that i just have such fond memories oh it's so much fun i haven't seen it in a while to be honest but his role likens uh to charlie sheen's role in ferris bueller's day off sure yeah because it's just one of those things where who is this guy what what movie does this guy think he's in like it's he's so electric in it but like you said he's barely there he's in (laughs) for two maybe three scenes (laughs) right but Overall, it's such a fun movie. I do, I do wonder anyone that didn't grow up with that. I wonder if that's a movie that just is generationally inaccessible for certain people, like I'm a time, curious. like a time capsule type. Thing. Yeah, like if you yeah. don't, if you're not familiar with with um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, I don't know that you would understand what is happening and what the appeal is of that particular movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a you know, and that actually came up when I had the guest on last year. Who I was talking about when I put it on that list. It actually came up because sure. they they had never seen it. And they wanted to know if it would hold up if they watched it, and we discussed it. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess the premise is kind of charming. Uh, you know, sure. like like the dad wants to reconnect with his son, so he decides to go back to college and finish college. Yeah, and he and he goes to the same school his son is at, and hijinks ensue because Rodney Dangerfield's a party animal. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I mean, he's obviously this is obviously a Dangerfield vehicle here. I mean, he's. You know, he's at the lead, but this was a movie that I watched when I was a kid and I was like, is this what college is like? I cannot <laughs> wait. And I mean, honestly, there are parts of college that are Yeah, close. sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But it got me very excited to someday go to college. It's got the dorky triple Lindy, you know, yep. diving technique or whatever. So, so yeah, great. back to school is one of my favorites, man. I know it's kind of cheesy and RDJ's barely in it, but I just sure. have such fond memories of seeing him at such a young age in that film. So that's my number five. And it swings us over to you for your four, Doug. What do you got? My number four this i don't know how many people's radar this movie's on uh i'm going back to 1991 and uh soap dish is in my list okay Uh, i don't know if this is something you've seen seen recently i've seen it it's just been forever yeah yeah this was one that i wasn't too crazy about when i first saw it but i've revisited it and it's it's a phenomenal film uh it's basically a a send-up of Soaps. It feels like almost like a really hilarious Altman movie. It wasn't directed by Robert Altman, but it's just every single actor and actress you could think of is just thrown into this very, very funny ensemble piece. I mean, you have Kathy Moriarty, Terry Hatcher, a very young Terry Hatcher, Kevin Klein, Elizabeth Shue, Sally Field, Carrie Fisher, Whoopi Goldberg, of course, RDJ. And it really is just about a soap opera actress who's trying to sort of oust someone else so she gets the help of some writers and producers which rdj is one of and everything they're trying to do backfires and this individual just becomes more and more popular on the soap it's it's something Mm, that the critics liked at the time but it wasn't a 
as big a hit as I thought everyone expected. And I think that it's it's benefited from some modern reappraisals. And I would suggest if people haven't checked this out, watch this movie. It really is hilarious. All right. I'll have to revisit this one, man, because yeah. this is one that I have seen. And I it came up when I was doing some research, but I just mm-hmm. haven't seen it in so long. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, a, it's absolutely fantastic. Again, a, a young Downey Jr., you can, you know, again, he, he stands out when he's on screen. Yeah. And he stands out against these other huge actors of the yeah. time. He's the man, dude. He is yeah. a knack. He's a knack for doing that. So speaking of standing out, this is a movie that I revisited tonight. I haven't right. seen that. I haven't seen this movie in maybe five years, uh, which shame on me because I love this movie. I own it. I, po- <laughs> I popped it in tonight to revisit it because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is my top five. And you're damn right. It is. It's my number four. But it's from 2005. It's Shane Black's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang mm-hmm. is, my, is my number four. It's uh, also really cool because it's a tangential Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, you can, you can <laughs> it is. It is. Watch it around the holiday season. But yeah, I love this movie, man. It's like a it's like a caper, like a whodunit, kind of like a murder mystery. Yes. But it's done comedically, so it's it's very funny. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Jr. and Val Kilmer just have the best chemistry in this movie. They're just hilarious. It's kind of like the good cop, bad cop kind of relationship they have in this yeah. movie. Michelle Moynihan. Oh, dude, oh, was there God. was there anybody hotter in 2005 than Michelle Monaghan? No. I mean, I, there couldn't be. I mean, when I was watching it tonight, I'm like, oh, my God, she was that hot? Oh, my God. Uh, and she still is. I mean, she's still electric, but in the Mission Impossible films and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, I this movie is great because it is an easy watch. You know, I love movies right. that they might have a kind of an intricate plot, which this one does. Like I said, it's kind of a whodunit and kind of an action slash comedy. Yeah. But it's a very easy watch. Like there's always something interesting and entertaining happening on screen. And as we've said in the past with some of these other entries, RDJ is front and center for most of this movie. Yes. And he's very charming, very charismatic. You know, he's this kind of two-bit thief that accidentally falls backwards into acting in Hollywood and, uh, you know, uses that to his advantage to kind of solve this mystery from his high school love interest played by Michelle Moynihan. So yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, I would say watch it, but I would almost say wait till the holiday season because I feel like this is a really cool one to watch at the holiday season too. Yeah. But yeah, it's my my number four, man. Do you like this one? I I love this movie and already I predicted two crossovers. We got two crossovers. There it is. This is on my list. All right. This movie, and and I'll talk about it when we get there, but like you said, it's fantastic. And and you mentioned the chemistry between he and Val Kilmer. It's it's Mm -hmm. two of the best... It's it's possibly the best chemistry in a film that I can think of. I mean, it is. Yeah, right. It really is that great. Right. Their performances together are phenomenal in this film, and it is something where if you sit down and you really try and pay attention, at times you're like, "This is a weird, convoluted." plot that doesn't exactly mm-hmm. make sense but mm-hmm. that's not the point like you said it's an easy breezy watch you're having a ball start to finish yeah i had to throw it on tonight man because i'm like because yeah. it was like it was like you know i had a list or whatever and it was like seven or eight and i'm like ah, yes. i think i really like this movie man i just haven't seen it in so long and i put it back on and it just started coming back to me right away and i was like yeah, yeah. uh so i'm glad i revisited it and i should have done it before now so i apologize to anyone that's involved in kiss kiss bang bang that might be listening to this <laughs> but that's i should wa- i should watch it more often <laughs> i know 
I know you're going to be talking about it here shortly, but in the meantime, what is your number three, Doug? My number three is a movie from 2006 called A Scanner Darkly. Oh, this is one I actually have not seen. Oh, you have not seen it? Okay. Mm, no. it's, a, it's a Richard Linklater film based on the novel by Philip K. Dick, and it's a rotoscoped film. I'm assuming everyone knows what rotoscoping is, but if you don't, it's the practice of, of filming an actual film or filming scenes mm-hmm. and then basically drawing or illustrating over top of those they mm-hmm. i mean they did it you know um, snow white and sleeping beauty were rotoscoped and they're gorgeous movies but this is this has insanely crazy animation i mean of course it's digital animation but it looks fantastic it really rdj is not necessarily the main character of this right but it it follows a police detective who kind of gets in with drug dealers and he's trying to find out who's making this drug but then he takes a lot of the drug of course to blend in and what ends up happening is his brain kind of separates into these two halves and one half he's a severe drug addict and the other half is he is a cop but the two halves can't really relate it's a it's a very confusing very interesting film rdj's character he's just you know, a total tweaker. And he is chewing scenery in this movie like nobody's business. I need to check this out. This is uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves too? Yes. Keanu, yeah. I mean, Keanu Reeves is the, the star of the film. Okay. Um, it's funny. It's sad. It's, you know, it has that dystopian future sort of feel to it. But I feel like RDJ just showed up on set and was like, you know what? All eyes <laughs> on me when I'm here. And also right. I'm going to make this as hilarious as I possibly can. Right. Even though it may be a dark subject matter. All right. Well, this is one I need to check out, man, because I saw this on yeah. some list too. And I'm like, you know, I never caught that. I've heard good things about it though, including what you're just telling me tonight. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really great. I forget Linklater's film right before this one. It's called Waking Life, his film before this, which was also rotoscoped by a number of different artists. Mm-hmm. And it has a very artsy feel to it because all the styles are different. This is, this is just a movie. Like I don't, I don't expect anything too crazy. Don't expect like a, <laughs> you know, a mind fuck or anything like that. That's not what this movie's about. So would this movie categorize like as a comedy and action? What would you put it in? I, I would probably put it in dystopian future <laughs> comedy action. It's oh, terrible. Okay. I can't even categorize oh, That old category, <laughs> that old uh, section <laughs> yeah, in Blockbuster. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, where's your dystopian comedy action retrospective section? Okay. <laughs> right here. And it's just copies of a scanner darkly. Oh, man. All right. So that's your number three. One I need to check out. Yeah. I'll, I'll get on it, man. So my number three, you already mentioned, but it's less than zero. So there we have a, another crossover. You know, you already nailed it perfectly. You know, what I'll say about this movie that really just kind of blew me away was many, many years later, uh, you know, actually pretty recently in the last three or four years, is it just kind of came to me when I was rewatching it a few years ago that mm-hmm. this was a classic case of art imitating life type thing because yes. we knew what befell RDJ and this is probably kind of where that all started in the late 80s you know when he started kind of probably experimenting and the fame was getting a hold of him and you know he had a long period of time that he's talked about openly where he was addicted and he was doing things that he should not have been doing out there in right. in 
in California. So this movie, I don't know, it, it seemed somewhat probably cathartic for him in a way. And I don't know if this is a movie, you know, from his perspective that he would want to revisit even because of how close it would probably hit to home. Uh, yeah, but with, with that being said, it, it, it just always really intrigues me when an actor, you know, this is an example, but you know, I know he's negatively in the news right now, but you know, when Shia LaBeouf did the role mm-hmm. last, last year where in Honey Boy, where yeah. he was playing his own abusive father in that movie. Yes. You know, now he wrote that screenplay, so obviously he did that, you know, intentionally as, as kind of a, a way to uh, project that. But similarly, in Lesson Zero, I would wonder if RDJ took this role to be like, this is kind of what I'm going through. You know, let me act this out to kind of help myself. Yeah. And that always kind of interests me, you know. That's another thing that I, I will say, and, and I've read enough interviews with him and, and seen him, you know, on talk shows and Howard Stern and everything like that. He doesn't talk about that. I mean, he doesn't talk about his drug use at all. He will not answer questions about it. He's He says that outright when people start to interview him. So I'm just wondering if at some point he will get to a point where he wants to talk about it or he just wants to put that behind him. He's right. a new man now. I mean, there's different ways to approach, you know, substance yeah, abuse. Yeah, it's, it's, one, it's one of those things, you know, and I'm not an abuser of drugs, so I have no mm-hmm. personal connection to it. So I... I don't know, but sure. it's one of those things where like he doesn't need to talk about it now. You know, like yeah. he's he's freaking Iron Man, dude. Like he doesn't need to <laughs> talk about it. But from a mental health and kind of like well being perspective, I wonder if it would help him if he did. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, not saying oh, sure. I mean, maybe he talks about it to people, you know, he's close to or whatever behind sure. closed doors, which is great. But I don't know. This movie just always intrigues me because it's like that was what he was going through. You right. Know, yes. The, the character that he was playing on film. So. Yeah. But then there's, I, there's also plenty of people that, you know, can be total out of control drunks for a few years of their life and then go, you know what? I think I'm done. I'm going to put that by me. And they don't need to talk about it anymore. You know, if you're able to move on with your life and you're able to get past it and it's not these demons that are hanging around you all the time, maybe there's mm-hmm. no sense in talking about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously doing doing fine. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man all right so we we matched up there on lesson zero and i mentioned it before but the soundtrack killer so oh God, yeah. if you guys are into progressive 80s music kind of new wave 80s Absolutely make, make sure you look up the lesson zero soundtrack so that's my number three it was your number five and we are up to our runner ups what is your number two Dougie? runner up and this is a movie that gets no love Ooh. i i haven't heard anybody ever in my life talk about this movie Ooh. i had to look it up to make sure i wasn't dreaming when i watched it <laughs> and it was actually real it's from 2003 and it's a film called the singing detective dude uh okay i i, I well i will say that you're right i've never seen it <laughs> so i'm one of the i'm one of the people that has not seen singing detective sure. although i've heard of it but i will say i was really really excited i got a tingly feeling for a second because i thought you were talking about my number two Oh, but, okay. But you're not. But I'll tell you what that is in a second. But sure. tell us tell us about The Singing Detective. The Singing... Oh, my God. It's such a fun movie. It's such a joyful movie. And, and this isn't going to sound great at first. He plays a character. He plays a, a writer who is hospitalized with, like, extreme psoriasis. Like, he's burned... or Not burned, but his body's all messed up and he can't really get out of bed and he's all wrapped up. And basically, he's, like, reworking his first novel in his head while he's laid up in the hospital. And so the movie goes in and out between him lying in a hospital bed and him taking on the persona of the character from this, like, hard-boiled, noir, 
slash comedy slash musical movie or book that he wrote. It is so much fun. If you want to watch RDJ singing and in a noir film, this is all you have. Like This is all you have. This is a film that nobody talked about. I don't understand. It's so much fun. This uh, it's directed by Keith Gordon. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's co-starring Katie Holmes. And what and was the year? Mel- what was the year of this? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yes, two thousand three. I thought you said eighty three at first. Oh no 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 no. And I'm I was sorry. like, what? Well, maybe you didn't. Yeah. Maybe I've just misheard you. But okay, that no, makes a little yeah. more sense now. It's coming to a little. I was like, wow, this is an eighty three. Katie Holmes. What was she like? No, th- no, no, two no. years old. <laughs> no, no, right. It's two thousand three. Mel Gibson's in it. Mel Gibson actually bought the rights to this and kind of said, hey, RDJ is going to star in this or it's not being made and. It's it's actually a remake of a six episode BBC series from the 80s. But this is an absolute joy. It came out of nowhere. I don't even know. I probably just saw it on HBO one afternoon or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, this is fantastic. How have I never heard of this before? Okay. And years and years have gone by. I don't think it has a Blu-ray release. I don't even know what happens to a DVD release. But wow. people should try and find this film. It it truly is. When I was making this list, I came to you with this idea. I knew this was going to be here yeah just watching some clips online i didn't know it would be number two but it it became my second favorite wow that's crazy the singing detective so you had two back to back that i've never seen with the scanner darkly and and then with that one so i don't know maybe i'll keep that train rolling here with my runner-up doug so can't wait that's, that's why i thought maybe this is what you were talking about when you started your setup there Sure. For Singing Detective. But this movie came out in 85, and it's another film where RGJ's in the background. He's only in a few scenes, but he plays a punk rock drummer, and he's best friends with James Spader in a movie called Tough Turf. Are you familiar with Tough Turf? I know Tough Turf. Tough Turf is something that I have heard people talking about for decades now. Yes. I yes. know I saw it and I want to see it again so badly because oh. I remember nothing about it. Dude, Tough Turf uh, was, is is not a good movie. Okay, let's just be up sure. front. Okay. It's not a good movie. It's 80s, <laughs> it's 80s cheese to the tilt, okay? But it has such a special thing to me and whenever it fits into any kind of list I can do on the show I try to squeeze it in to like raise people's awareness of it yeah. if if they're fans of the 1980s now if if you if you're a fan of the 80s you got to see it i mean it's like sure perfect for 1980s like pop culture and the aesthetic so I mentioned James Spader already, obviously RDJ. It's a story of like the wrong, the kid from the wrong side of the tracks, right? So James right. Spader's the star. He plays Morgan. He comes out to California and he is kind of sweet on Kim Richards. She plays Frankie in the film. And by the way, Kim Richards went on to be famous on Desperate Housewives or um, Real, House, oh, Real sure. Housewives. Yeah, yeah, Real Housewives. Reality show. Say Desperate yeah, Housewives. sorry. That's Terry Hatcher you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, Terry Hatcher's not a tough turf, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, and he, you know, is sweet on her, but she, but her boyfriend is the leader of the gang at the high school. And it just creates kind of like this gang war. James Spader takes on Robert Downey Jr. as kind of his right-hand man. And it's kind of the two of them against the world, the rest of the thugs at the high school or whatever. So RGJ is a very, very small part in it, but he is so memorable. It's just like we were mentioning before with Back to School, that whenever he's on camera, there's a couple scenes in the classroom when mm-hmm. he slips a switchblade to James Spader and he's like giving it to him for protection. And then there's another scene later where he, cause he's a punk rock drummer. So he's playing in this like warehouse 
in this like seedy downtown club or whatever and he's got no shirt on he's got like the leather pants with the chains his hair is all spiked up i mean it's perfect man so it's a time capsule no doubt and i went on my friend the epic film guy show and did a full retrospective of this movie with them and made them watch it and then we did like a breakdown of it uh, but yeah, I would say look up, if you're a fan of the 80s guys, anybody listening, please look up Tough Turf. And here's a little tidbit, okay, that I want to tell you. So this came out in 85, all right? There's a scene in the movie, and then I'll we'll move on. But there's a scene in the movie when mm-hmm. uh, the bad guys, if you will, steal uh, James Spader's car. They kick him, they beat him up, basically, and they take his car and they leave, right? And Robert Downey Jr. comes out to check on him, and he's helping him up off the ground, and he's like, are you okay? And they're in this scene together, and spray-painted on the warehouse behind them, like in the in the shot, mm-hmm. is the word Avengers. <laughs> Which is always very, very cool to me, you know? And I wondered when they worked on Age of Ultron, I wonder if they were like, hey, do you remember fucking Tough Turf back in 85? <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> so, yeah, that's always a little cool little piece of trivia um, that I found out over the course of my love affair with this movie. But Tough wow. Turf from 1985 is my number two. I can't, be- I, I can't believe it's not my number one, if I'm being honest. But Listen, I am looking at the Blu-ray cover right now, and this cover is a reason to buy this Hell movie. Yeah. It looks amazing. Hell Hell yes. Also, another great soundtrack, by the way. The the band that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is the fake drummer in is the Jim Carroll band. Are you familiar with Jim Carroll? No. So Jim Carroll is an icon and a pioneer in punk rock music in the 70s and 80s. And the the movie The Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, sure. Leo is portraying him. That's a bio. Oh. Biopic about Jim Carroll. I was going to say the name sounded familiar. That must be where I at least have heard it before. Yeah. So I love that connection as well. I don't know how many times I watched that goofy movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tough turf guys. If you're a fan of the eighties, look it up immediately. And we're up to our number ones, man. So I'm, I'm impressed that we've, well, I guess I know what your number one is, but we've, (laughs) I think you do, but we've only had the two crossover then. So that's cool. So what, so talk to us about it, man. What's number one. What do you want to say about it? Number one's kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's, it's such a fun movie. I mean, everything you said, I'll just echo everything you said. Yes, I agree. It's fantastic. I think the idea that RDJ plays a thief who kind of stumbles into being an actor and then has to follow Val Kilmer around who's a detective to teach him how to be a detective right. in this film that he is, quote unquote, going to be in. And then they find themselves in an actual mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the backdrop is L.A., right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Of this film, mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful looking movie. All the night shots are are lit fantastically. The one, the only thing that you didn't bring up that I do want to say is the breaking of the fourth wall at the end of the film is so superb. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it through the the theme of that kind of throughout it, and I yes. like the kind of uh, narration in the beginning where Robert Downey right. is like, "I suck as being a narrator, guys." But who else do we got? You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's 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 so much fun. Um, the the recent film. I think it was in the past couple of years. Uh, nice guys. Oh right, uh huh. Yep. It it had such a feel of this movie, mm-hmm. and and I I enjoyed the nice guys, but I kept thinking I wish I was watching Kiss Kiss Bang yeah, Bang. Same director, I believe, Shane Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Exactly. This is a phenomenal film. This is one that if for some reason people haven't checked it out, you definitely need yeah, to. The you fact really that do. it made both of our lists mm-hmm. is reason enough to go watch this film. Yeah, you really do. I, I love this yeah. movie, and I would urge people to watch it around the holiday season too because it'll get you. It'll yeah. get you like a little. Kind 
not like Lethal Weapon where you're like, oh, okay, we're Christmas time here. Okay. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, check out Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, guys. It is not streaming, sadly, for free at least. I looked and I had to pull my Blu-ray out and pop it in. But uh, Go buy it. Go buy it. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, go buy it. Buy that and Tough Turf. <laughs> yeah, please. I own Tough Turf. I, you know I got that one. Uh, all right, guys. So my number one is a film that started it all for the MCU and this Iron Man from 2008 is going to be my number one. Now, when we came in here, Doug, we said that we were only going to do one Marvel movie. So I tried really, really hard not to do his performance because if I was doing Mm -hmm. performance, I'm probably going to go Infinity War or Endgame or maybe maybe both if you want to do it as a project, (laughs) a six-hour movie or whatever. Right, sure. But I mean, Iron Man was just such a different thing for RDJ, right? I mean, he was this cocky, charismatic, but still very charming and likable character in Tony Stark. And seeing him play that, if you're a fan of the MCU or a fan of comic books, you literally cannot picture anyone else playing Tony Stark. Like, he literally took that character and made it his own, put his stamp on it, put his name tag on that character, and RDJ is going to forever be connected to Tony Stark and to Iron Man because of what he did in that first film and then, of course, as it continued throughout the series. So, I think he's the, you know, some people might say Captain America, which is fine. Chris Evans is great, too. But I think RDJ and Iron Man are really the patriarch of the MCU franchise because that's the movie that started it all with I mean John Favreau is the director and they didn't know you know they're gonna be looking 24 movies later or whatever in this like oh right trillion dollar fucking empire that they've got now I mean because if that movie didn't work man not we didn't get anything else in the MCU that movie had to succeed and I think without RDJ an argument can be made that it perhaps it would not have has succeeded as well as it did so you know it really transformed his career I mean we were just talking about how he doesn't have to have the need to go back and talk about anything in his past anymore and the reason is right. is because he's iron man <laughs> i mean he yeah. he can do whatever the hell he wants uh he has carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants in hollywood now because of what yeah. he did for the mcu and really for movies you know or at least if you want blockbuster movies yeah. so yeah he, he could walk away from everything yeah if he wanted to if he just wanted to ride off into the sunset and say guys i did it i'm done i don't think anyone could argue with that yeah i mean you look at you know God, and I'm doing this on the spot, Doug, so I might get myself sure. in trouble with some listeners or maybe even you. I don't know. But, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, and I think, like, Michael Keaton is Batman, you know, for me personally. Sure. You know, that's that's a perfect casting for Batman. And then I think RDJ for Iron Man. Perfect casting uh, in a superhero role. I cannot think, with the exception of Michael Keaton, I cannot think of an actor that was better cast uh, to play a superhero. And I, when I and and I almost think that Disney is going to, you know, because of that, they're going to run into some problems. I don't know if they're thinking about rebooting Iron Man in another ten years, but what do you do? Exactly. I don't. Yeah. I don't care who you bring in. They're going to get so much backlash from fans. I know it's crazy. They're going to have to do the thing that DC's doing, where Michael Keaton. You heard about that? Where he's going to have a cameo in the new, yeah, uh, yeah. Flash or whatever as Batman, because everybody knows yep. he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, Christian. Bell's a great actor and he did a great set of films too so I mean it can be done it's just but you get what I'm saying I mean it was just yeah, so, he did oh. just such a good job at it man uh, of course and Tony Stark is that type of character I mean we were just talking about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and you know even when he played Tony Stark he really brings a lot of that same gravitas mm-hmm. and kind of charisma to that role where he's very kind of like just outspoken and you know of course Tony Stark's a little more cocky and arrogant sure sure um, <laughs> than Harry was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang but he still has that charm to him you know you still like him you're still attracted to his portrayal uh, and 
And I think that's that's one of the things about him as an actor. I, I don't think there's any film that we've talked about. And we're not even done. We're going to run out of our top ten, of course. But he is always charming. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you know, I don't care if he's playing a, a horrible drug addict. He's kind of super charming in that role <laughs> right. in Less Than Zero, which is very strange. Right. But just the fact that Jamie Gertz is like, oh, yeah, you, you won me over. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. such a charming guy. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you didn't have any MCU on, on your top five are you a fan of iron man or are you a fan of mcu or where do you stand on it see this is when people will not ever listen to my podcast no, it's okay. I'm, Go not a, I'm not a fan at all not a fan i i watched iron man i saw a few mm-hmm. avengers it's not my thing i feel like i'm being abused by cgi 20 minutes in i'm like i'm out you, no that that stuff is not for me at all no you know an argument can't be made for that yeah. and i've talked about that on other shows before and i i understand that argument but what i will say is that iron man is different in that way because it was very much a it was a different type of production i mean of course sure. of course there were cgi in it but it was it felt more grounded you know and it was more about his character and it was a character piece and tony stark and you know how he kind of, it was an origin story about how he came to be what we know as iron man as the film or as the, i'm sorry the franchise goes on then we get into the area that you're talking about and what sure. i've gotten in trouble with myself Doug, so I'm kind of bailing you out here a little bit because I've gotten in trouble myself on other you shows. You need to bail me out. Come on. <laughs> but I've gotten in trouble on other shows because I'm like, look, yeah. look, guys, like I'm, t- I'm, the fatigue has set in here. Like, how many explosions and like heroes running through a field destroying cities are we going to get like before? Now, with that being said, I love WandaVision. I love the kind of re, they kind of took a break. I'm kind of digging bring, it. They're too. bringing stuff back. They're doing stuff different. It's a little more subdued. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm a fan yeah. of it. Uh, I'm a fan of it, but I, I am also kind of like you, where it's like, all right, I, we we well, get it, you know. And the, and the thing I'll say, and I, I'll say this all the time when people bring this up, it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying that it's garbage. I'm not saying it's a bunch sure, of crap. Sure. It's just it's not for me. I mean, there are certain things. I mean, I'll I'll say something else that I don't like that people love. Lord of the Rings, not for me. Mm-hmm. I watched them. I gave him a chance, but halfway through the first one, I'm like, this is not my jam. (laughs) That's fair. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. We all have that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. All right, man. Well, why don't you, before we get into honorable mentions, Doug, why don't you just round out your top five again and let everybody know what you had there? All right. We'll do my number five is less than zero from 1987. Uh, My number four is soap dish from 1991 number three is a scanner darkly 2006 number two everyone should find it the singing detective Mm -hmm. from 2003 and number one is kiss kiss bang bang from 2005 great list man my number five was back to school (laughs) i don't know guys i just love that movie don't worry it rounds out my top 10 my number four was kiss kiss bang bang my number three was less than zero and then my number two was tough turf if you haven't seen it yet what are you doing uh go watch tough turf (laughs) And then my number one was Iron Man, um, which just turned Robert Downey Jr. into one of the most powerful icons in Hollywood, for sure. So he really changed cinema with that role and and what what that MCU has done the last 12 years. All right. And I love how so many in in the MCU are, I don't want to say upstart kids, but if you think about somebody like, you know, Chris Evans, I know he was making movies before that, but that made him. And this just kind of shot RDJ into some insane stratosphere, you know? Right. already a, a known commodity at the time right 
right, sure, yeah. No, I agree. All right, man, so you're on the P's. You got some honorable mentions. You want to round them out? What do you got over there, brother? I do. I won't go too in-depth here. Uh, my number six would be Good Night and Good Luck from 2005, mm-hmm. which should have won Best Picture. The The fact that That's Crash won Best Picture that year. Uh, George Clooney's is, uh, director, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's a travesty that this didn't win. It's absolutely fantastic. It was nominated for six Oscars and didn't win a single one. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, my number seven, not a film that I love as much as a lot of other people, but it's Zodiac mm-hmm. from 2007. Mm-hmm. I think we all know yeah. what Zodiac is all about. Yeah, and again, RDJ playing a miserable drunk, but still so charming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's a Fincher film. I love it. Uh, my number eight would be a movie from the 90s, 1997, called Two Guys and a Girl. Yes, I, I have. That's a good one. I thought about that one. Okay. It just missed my yeah. list. I mean, you can't go wrong. Natasha Gregson Wagner and Heather Graham, both in a serious relationship with RDJ, and neither of them knew it. How bad could that movie be? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, my number nine is probably another movie people haven't heard of. Uh, it's from 2005. It's called Game Six. No, I don't know that one. Um, yeah, it's a movie I just found on HBO one day, and I was into it. It stars Michael Keaton. He's a playwright, and it mm. takes place in 1986. And he has a new play that's opening on Broadway on the same day of the Red Sox Mets Game Six in the '86 World Series. Okay. And he decides to not show up to the opening of his play to watch it. And RDJ plays a critic who hates everything he's done, but they kind of become friends. It's a charming little talkie of a movie. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to check that and out. Number and number ten for me is back to school there you go so much fun there you go so much fun love it so i have a couple that you didn't mention to round out my top 10 my number six would have been tropic thunder okay <laughs> so rdj <laughs> is playing a dude disguised as a dude playing another dude and he's doing the black face which is of course a no-no sure. but as ben stiller directing here that was the point you know they were trying to it was a satire and they're making fun of that and they're kind of uh being self-aware in that way and i just love rdj's outlandish performance and it's, it's really meta i mean it's a really meta performance where he's just making fun of hollywood basically it's such a strange (laughs) movie like it's a movie that i didn't see in the theater so once i saw it there was so much hype and everybody loved it and it's a movie i really should revisit because watching it i was like what is this? <laughs> this is what everyone's talking about. It didn't connect with me for some reason, but I think it's something that I would probably appreciate if I took another look at it. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Cruise in that movie is to die for, too. His cameo oh, is yeah, less yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Right. Uh, you mentioned my number seven was Zodiac, the David Fincher film. My num- And then you didn't mention any of the rest of mine, so that's cool. My number eight would have been the Oliver Stone film from 94, Natural Born Killers. Oh, jeez. Another very small yeah. RDJ role with a horrible Australian accent. Oh, it's so But bad. he is really hamming it up in that movie. And you can tell he's just having a fucking blast, man. So, yes. Uh, and I love that movie. So that had to make my list. My number nine is a movie where RDJ plays the villain, which does not happen very often. Oh, but you, no. But U.S. Marshals from 1998. Okay. You've seen that? It's kind of like a... Un- you were going to say weird science. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but U.S. Marshals is cool. It's kind of like an unofficial sequel to The Fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. I remember watching it, but it I don't know. I can't remember a single thing about it. And then my number 10 would have been his Oscar role for Chaplin. Sure. Yeah. 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 Great performance. Yeah. Great movie, kind of uh, looking at that historical figure. I haven't seen it in, in so long, but I know yeah, that I know from a performance perspective, it's probably one of the ones he's most proud of. Um, sure. So yeah, 
That's my that were right I, on my top ten. Yeah, and I think I mean you know if we look back at the two I've been on for, I think these two were pretty good choices. I mean, I'm not trying to give myself too much credit here, but <laughs> there's so much just going through. There's so much to choose from from this guy. Well, uh, I was really surprised. Yeah, well, since you bring that up, why don't we head over to the Facebook fan group and open sure. up the old suggestion box over there, Doug? As you know, we like to do when we get the fan feedback, guys. If you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes. And join up to the Facebook fan group because that is where I interact with our fans the most, as uh, Doug, Dougie will tell you. So let's yeah. see what we got over there. Uh, most of these have probably been mentioned, but we'll just give some folks some shout outs here, Doug. So my friend Joey says, Weird Science, Le- mm-hmm. Less Than Zero, Soap Dish, and the MCU films. Great. And I tried to nail him down to one. I said, which MCU film? He's been in 20 of them. <laughs> he said Civil War. So thank you. Thank you, Joey. Oh, I was going to say we covered everything he said until that. Yeah, but thank you, Joey. Uh, my buddy Michael Hill says Sherlock Holmes. We didn't talk about it. Do you like his portrayal of Sherlock Holmes? It's fine. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Fun. Sure. I'm with you. It's all right. Uh, he also has Tropic Thunder, Iron Man, Endgame, and Weird Science. Okay. Jared Taylor says Back to School, Weird Science, and Civil War. And Lauren Scott did the same thing. She said the MCU films. I said, Lauren, come on. You got to get. <laughs> I mean, what one? You know what I mean? She said that uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance alone is probably Infinity War, which I would tend to agree with her on that. Uh, when when yeah. we think we lose spider-man or he thinks he loses spider-man that was uh oh. pretty emotional how horrible would it have been for me to just troll you and all 10 of mine were mcu films <laughs> <laughs> oh man i have some listeners that probably would have done that too uh, so thank you for not doing that uh john campbell says kiss kiss bang bang and i put up the gif of jeff goldblum from jurassic park going well there it is <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with him. Uh, Marshall, friend of the show, says less than zero. He convinced me he was a drug addict. Yeah, well, I said, well, it probably because he was. <laughs> yeah, he convinced the world of it when he's in court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Powell, uh, patron and friend of the show, says chaplain. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to. Oh, here's one that hasn't been mentioned. So Tony uh, from Take Two, a patron and friend of the show, he says no one's mentioned it yet. Him and his wife love Heart and Souls. Yes, that's the one where he has to like. He goes to heaven, know, right? Help help ghosts out or something. I think he has to help four ghosts with unresolved issues on Earth. I don't know. Such foggy memories of watching. I this. think that's an '80s film too, though, right? I think. Uh, I think it might be. I think it's '90s. Right, yeah, that's a good one. I've, but, I've seen that yeah. one, but it's been way too long. Yeah. Uh, Wayne from the countdown says, "Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, all goddamn day long." Of course, he gets it. <laughs> Uh, Dan Roski, patron and friend of the show, says Chaplin, Less Than Zero, Natural Born Killers, Home for the Holidays. And oh. was he in Home for the Holidays? Uh, maybe I'm thinking uh, of a different Home for the Holidays. Yeah. And then he also says Wonder Boys, and he puts in parentheses, it wasn't all that bad. You ever see- oh, yeah. You know, Wonder Boys floated with or flirted with my top 10 for a little while. Didn't make it, but it's a good movie. But again, it's been too long. Yeah, yeah. Chris Yanni, patron of the show, says The Judge, which is one we did not miss yet. I did not enjoy that. <laughs> was the judge the one where he was like at odds with his dad or something like that? His dad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And his dad was. Um, hmm. I can't either. It's too recent a film for me to forget about. I can't either, but I know who it is. Crap. I can't think of who the dad was. Okay. Uh, let's see. Robert Duvall. Oh, Robert Duvall. Yep. Yeah. So Nick, this guy, formerly of the Epic Film Guys, currently of Nikolai's Kitchen, but he always, I, I never know if he's trolling me or if this is his honest opinion, but I asked what everybody's favorite RDJ movie was. And he says, I'm honestly struggling to think of one. <laughs> and then he says, I, and then he says, Iron Man, I guess. And I just said, Nick, I said, Nick, you monster. 
Oh, man. And he's the guy that I did the Tough Turf retrospective with, too. So I reminded him of that. And he goes, oh, well, Tough Turf's the winner then. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Hey, well, you leave, you leave the epic film guys and all film knowledge oh, just evaporates wow. out of your brain. Let's see. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Paul, okay, there's a couple that we didn't mention. Paul Chomo says Air America. We didn't mention that one. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Katie Ward, friend of the show, says, Chances Are. You ever see Chances Are? Such a sweet movie. I don't think I have. Also, I don't think anybody mentioned Only You with Marissa Tomei. You remember that one? No. I yeah. don't remember these movies. Only You was like, no, I don't even want to say, I was going to say rom-com, but I don't really want to say that. It was just like a romance movie, kind of. But him and Marissa Tomei are. With him and Marissa Tomei, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless I'm, oh. let me look that up, because now I feel like I might have to edit this out of it. No, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not doubting you. Well, like, you should. For uh, some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do you know me, Doug? You should. Let's see. Only You has got to be RDJ, right? Hold on. Am I just thinking that? Yeah, yeah, he's in the picture right here. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> a dead giveaway. A love story. Yeah, it's got to be him. He's on the cover. A love story written in the stars. Yeah. Oh. Only you, Marissa Tomei, uh, RGJ, huh. Bonnie Hunt, Billy Zane. That's, that's not the one where he like gets her dead boyfriend's heart. Wait, is that a movie? <laughs> Did I just make up a movie with Marissa a, Tomei? That sounds like a fucking Macy. Let's write that. That sounds great. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, or he has a heart condition. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm, uh, never obviously. Mind. Never mind. Just making up movies. Obviously, you got the good times part. We're having good times tonight, Doug. And we talked, to, sure. we talked about some great movies tonight as well. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you and they can find those good times and great movies, man? Sure. Sure. I, I uh, host a podcast called Good Times, Great Movies, where my co-host and I kind of randomly pick movies from the 80s some are good some are terrible and then we kind of just take the piss out of them for an hour an hour and a half whether we love the movie or not you'd still make fun of stuff i love robocop but man when we sat down to talk about that there's some real silly stuff going on there sure yeah so find us wherever you find part wherever you're listening to this just type in good times great movies it's a lot to type in but no more than two peas on a pod no they'll, they'll find it they'll find it <laughs> i'll make sure to have it linked in the show notes for them too there doug uh, look man it's always great when you come on I tell you what, pitch me another topic, but don't be a singular actor. Okay, let's let's come up, with, let's get to. Let's, I'll, I'll find two actors and be like, all the films they were in together. Yeah, the best. You'll be like, there's only three of them. We can't do oh, that. Oh man, gotta love you, brother. All right, man. So that's it. So thank you so much for being here, Doug. I appreciate it. That was our top five Robert Downey Jr. films. I want to thank Doug for coming up with the topic and for being here this week, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Until next week, guys, we will be back with another top five and another pee on the pot. We'll see you then. Hello, listeners. I want to talk to you for one second real quick about the Golden Pea Movie Awards, referred to lovingly as the Golden Peas. Every year, I take the opportunity to celebrate the year in film, and 2020 is no different. Please head over to twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas and find all of the nominees as well as links to a ballot that you can use to vote. Voting is open from January 29th until March 1st, 
of 2021. We feature all of the main categories that you will find at shows like the Golden Globes and the Oscars, but we poll the film and Twitter and podcast community to get those nominees. And as you know, they are chosen by you. So please cast a ballot, head over. Once again, it's twopeasonapod.com slash golden peas. We love movies and we love celebrating movies. And we hope you come to the party this year.